Well, good morning to you. Thank you, Andy, for those that worship. It was amazing. And it was amazing because it's, I'm preaching on the heart this morning. Um, you know, as you know, I've been away. Just I was away and I was seeking the Lord. And, you know, I've not got many sermons left. And I just said, God, give me, give me words that would strengthen and build up. And words that would carry them into the future and strengthen the church of God. And bless them. And, and he started to speak to me about the heart. You know, and he started to, you know, deal with things in my heart. That's how I'm speaking on it. Little things. You know, little attitudes, little agitations, things. You know, you get rid of the big stuff and God says, yeah, but let's talk about the little stuff as well. <clears throat> you know, he doesn't ignore character or attitudes just because we're in ministry. He doesn't ignore the character of people. You know, he's interested in our character and how we act and our attitudes and what we're like. And it's really important to him. So I want you to turn in your Bibles to Proverbs 23. Proverbs chapter 23. Proverbs 23. And verse 15. Proverbs 23:15. And it says this, my son, oh sorry, um, Proverbs 23, 26. My son, give me your heart and let your eyes observe my ways. My son, give me your heart and let your eyes observe my ways. The heart is the seat of affection. It's the seat of our very desires. It's, it's the Christian life is about a life transformed. It's not about a social club or just coming together. We can do that in lots of places where there's no change happening. But the Christian life is about a transformed life. You change into a different person. You become totally different from what you you were before, because it says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, if any man in Christ is a new creature, the old is gone and the new has come. And if you know how bad you were and you know how sinful you were, you should say amen. Thank God the new has come because I wasn't keen on the old one. If any man in Christ is a new creature, he's brand new. And so the Christian life is about transformation the church is not a machine of principles and how-tos and what to do. And if you do these 12 steps and do this, it's not a machine with principles. Principles, if you just get disciplined enough and fast enough and be disciplined and you'll have a great life and you know you'll have this wonderful life. God, no, the Christian church is all about the heart of men and women. On the first day of Pentecost, it said they were pricked in their hearts. And because they were touched in their hearts, it brought about repentance. It brought about change. It brought about yielding to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. In fact, their hearts, they saw their hearts, so much light shined in the early church. They cried out, what must I do to be saved? So the heart of the matter is the matter of your heart. And Jesus knew this. The church is not a machine full of principles and how-tos 
I'm going to ask you this morning, how's your heart? Because that's what really matters. Jesus says in Matthew 23, verses 25 to 27, speaking to the religious system, Woe to you, scribes and you Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup, but the inside is full of self-indulgence. Blind Pharisees first clean the inside of the cup and the dish that the outside of them may be clean also. Woe to you, scribes and you Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs. Indeed, you appear beautiful outwardly, but inside you're full of dead men's bones. It's amazing what Jesus is looking at. The heart of the matter is the matter of your heart. And never mind everybody else's heart. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to me. It's about a relationship. It's about change from the inside. In Matthew 15 and verse 8, it says this. The people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. They have worshipped me in vain. They worship me in the teachings and the doctrines and the commandments of men. And then in Isaiah 29, 13, it says this. Therefore, says the Lord, inasmuch these people draw near me with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but they have removed their hearts far from me. So as an example, you could be up here worshiping with a guitar and playing drums and I could be preaching, but it's not what's on your hand it's what's in your heart. It's not just what's in your hand. It's what's in your heart. You see, it really is about change. I, it, you know, it's what's in your heart. Then it's important to God. In Proverbs chapter 21, and it's important that we go through these. Proverbs chapter 21 And verse 2 and 3, it says this, Proverbs 21, 2 and 3. Every way of man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the heart. In other words, imagine I set a scales here this morning and God put your heart on it and weighed it to see the motives, to see the desires, to see what's in it. And just one last scripture I, I want to read from 1 Samuel 16 and verse Seven. First Samuel sixteen. And verse, uh, sorry, First Samuel. Um, I think I've got the wrong reference. Sixteen. First Samuel sixteen and verse seven. Sorry, but the Lord said to Samuel, "Do not look at his appearance or his physical stature." For the Lord, I have, I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. A man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. They were choosing a king for Israel. And you think he would have picked the tallest, the most handsome, the most talented men who were trained for war, men who knew economics, men who had been trained, amazing men, 
And the prophet, even the prophet got it wrong. And he said, surely it's him. Surely it's him. This guy looks phenomenal. His face is polished. His shoes are clean. Face is washed with dads this morning. He's bright and shining star. He looks amazing. We look on the outward and we say he would make, she would make. And the world's put an awful lot on the outward looking men. But God looks at the heart and he bypassed them all and found a shepherd boy who had never been trained in war. And he said, there's the kind of man I'm looking for to be leaders. And now what we need in this nation, what we need in our churches is not men who can talk good and look good. We need men who have a heart for God and love God's word and will preach God's truth. And will honor God's name. A man who pleases God rather than a people pleaser. Preaching just about prosperity and joy and peace. And not talking about the battles and the struggles of life. God has found a man after his own heart. So you may feel I'm the lowest. I'm the weakest. I've got nothing. Well, if God's got your heart, my son, give me your heart. And if he's got your heart, you're the richest person on earth. Hallelujah. What a savior. Proverbs 23 is a father, Solomon, speaking to his son. Solomon had many sons, but only one is mentioned in the Bible, and his name is Jeroboam. He was speaking to him from Proverbs 23. And as he was speaking to him, I don't know about you, but as this father was speaking, this is Solomon. And by the way, Solomon, it says he was one of the wisest men on earth. And wisdom is Christ himself. The wisdom he has was Christ. It was Christ. He's a type of Christ. He's a type of wisdom. And it says, he says to his son, my son, give me your heart. This is a father speaking and pleading with a son. And I don't know, but I seem to think when he's talking to him, the father sees a son whose heart is starting to drift. It's starting to go in a direction it shouldn't go in. And he's looking at his son. And he starts to speak to him from Proverbs 23. And he starts to tell him what will make his heart glad. In verse 14, verse 15, My son, give me your heart. It is wise and my heart will rejoice. If you give me your heart, my heart will rejoice. And then he goes on in verse, he goes on to, uh, uh, in verse uh, 15. He tells him, don't envy sinners. Don't envy sinners. You ever done that? In other words, your, start heart, your, your heart starts to go faulty when you start comparing yourself with somebody else, somebody else's life, somebody else's blessing. He says, don't look at sinners, don't envy them because you're going to start feeling discontent where you are. You're going to start envying the wicked. Have you ever done that? Have you ever said to God? You see, that's what happened to the prodigal son and his brother. One was trying to say, I'll just be a servant and make his way back to God. And the other one said, I've been serving you for years. So there's two ways the heart can go. You either try and make your way back to God, which you can't because it's all done in Jesus. And then there's the older son that says, I've served you all my life. Well, you think God owes you something. He was in the father's house, but never had the father's heart. And he said, I've been serving you. I've been being good. I'm blessed. And here's Jack the lad coming and you're having a party. 
Don't think so. Something got into his heart. He couldn't accept that somebody got grace and mercy and he thought that he deserved that, God, you owe me something. I've been faithful. And know what the father said? Son, it was all yours anyway. And it was all his. I've no favorites on one state or the other. My son, give me your heart. God owes me nothing. That'll set you free. That'll stop you looking and go, oh, look at him, driving about in his nice car and all that. I'll just kick it in the way by. I'll show you. I'm sure you've never had an attitude like that. I'd like to lay hands on him at great speed. I'm sure you've never had a night rolling about in the bed fighting with your pulley. Pullo. Oh, you've never had that, have you? You've never had somebody make a comment to you and it's a stupid little thought, but it becomes an offense and then in a week later it becomes a demonic fight in your heart. And the devil's gained ground. And before you know it, you've got hatred towards somebody. And let me tell you, you're not fighting with somebody. You're not fighting flesh and blood. My son, give me your heart. Don't envy that's what Psalm 73 is all about. He said, then I envied the wicked and my feet almost slipped. They have no worries. They prosper. They don't fight. They can go for a drink. They can sleep about. They can do everything. They can rob people. They can scam. They don't need to pay their tax. They look as if they have no troubles. And here I am trying to keep. And then he starts to say things like, is there any point in staying pure? Is there any point in staying right? And then he went to the house of the Lord and he understood the end. And the end really matters. How you finish really matters. How you finish really matters. So I'm asking you this morning, seriously, how's your heart? He's talking to his son. He said, son, don't envy the wicked. And then he goes on. He talks about it. I won't read it all out, but he says, don't go down to the harlot's house. He says, don't go into immorality, son. It's a dark pit. It will lead you somewhere where you don't want to go. Immorality. I mean, just look what it's done to our nation. Look what it's done. They've took something beautiful and brought it outside where it should be private and secret and put it on stage. It's, the, it's a spew from hell spewing out into our nations of filth and sexual immorality. It's affecting our nation. He said, son, stay away from it. It's a wise father, isn't he? Son, don't look at sinners. Don't be envying your next door neighbor. Don't try and keep up with the Joneses. Ever been there? Borrowing money you've not got to buy things you don't need to impress people you don't like. For what? For who? What a load of nonsense. Is anybody just content? You will find pure contentment if you just give them your heart. In verse 19, he tells him, he says, hear, hear my son and be wise and guard your, guide your heart in the way and the right path. So he tells him, keep it on the right path. Keep your heart on the right path, son. That's what he's telling them. Keep it on the right path. The next bit I want to say to you, the father's talking to the son. 
And he's saying, Stay, don't envy sinners. Don't go into immorality. In fact, then he goes, he, go, he, goes, he goes further on than that. He says, don't get caught up in drinking wine. And I won't read it out because it's funny. He said, people punch you and you walk about and you don't know who hit you and you don't know where you are and you don't know where you're going. And there's far too many people drinking too much of it. And they're going to that instead of him. And he says, his son, this stuff sparkles in the glass, but it will take you down. It has took millions and millions and millions down. They've been trapped in it. There's a heart. I wrote this down yesterday. There are heart intruders. Things that intrude your heart that kill the promises in your spiritual life in God. Bitterness. Bitterness can get into the heart. We've all been there. If you've lived life, it's came in. Somebody. Somebody did something that was out of your control and you can't even fix it. That's the worst kind. I mean, when our wounds are self-inflicted, we feel the pain of it. But when somebody else caused your pain and you can't control it, it's very difficult. And God says, don't get bitter. Bless them. So opposite for the world, isn't it? Unforgiveness robs you of your peace. And when you forgive somebody, you set somebody free. You. Unforgiveness is like keeping you in a prison cell, limits your life with God. You see, friends, these things are matter. These things matter. When you want, have you ever had in your heart, oh, I can't wait to see them falling. I hope he gets his up and can omens. Thank God God's not like that with you and me. Thank God he never exposed our sin and covered it. Thank God that he showed his mercy when we were at our worst. He was still at his best. Thank God when we'd sinned against him. When we'd sinned against the light and we should have known better. Thank God for grace and mercy. And sometimes I forget, we forget our own sin. You know, when somebody else is getting disciplined. If you've ever grew up with younger brothers and sisters and you say, right, you're not playing your game for a day. You're like, a day? Is that all you're giving them? But when it's you, you went, oh no, half a day will do. <laughs> the heart can drift. And we must be careful. Proverbs 4, 23 Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. You see, we're not a machine. I'll just come on Sunday and then I'll just live how I want, and I can say what I want. But I'll tell you this, if you want to know what's in your heart, I'll say it again. Listen to your mouth. Listen to your conversations with people. And don't be deceived. God is not mocked. What a man sows, he reaps. I'm telling you, God is interested in your heart today. Listen to the rebuke to the Pharisees. He went, you preach this, you do that. But on the inside, this is what he says, you're full of dead men's bones. In other words, there's no change. Do you know what the dead men's bones was? You're full of Moses. You're full of Abraham. You're full of their bones, but you're not full of their faith. You're not full of their God. You're full of dead men's bones. Oh, you've got the history, you've got the talk, you've got the memories, you've got, the, you've got all, the, all your parades, you do your fasting, you do your prayer, your tithes, you do everything. And you look at Abraham and Joseph and all of that, but you've got dead men's bones, but you've not got their faith, you've not got their power, you've not got their God in your heart. These were men who were obedient, these were men who were changed because I had their heart. 
dead men's bones, memories of great men, but not emanating their faith. Memories of great men, but not emanating their life. But was their life's surrendered hearts, willing hearts, hearts that said, you can have it all. I'll leave my home and follow you. I'll give you my son. I trust that you'll bring him alive again. I'll trust you with all of my heart. Trust in the Lord with all of your what? With all of your what? Oh, somebody shout it with all of your heart. Matt, we're not a machine. We're not some organization that came from America. It came from heaven. The church belongs to God. And God said, the thing that makes the church difference is the heart. You see, evil is not out there. It's in here. That's why we judge, oh, look at everything out there. It doesn't, Jesus said, it's not what goes into a man that makes him evil. It's what comes out of the heart. Murderous thoughts, adulterous, and that, and we're saying it's all out there. And God says, you need to give me your heart and let me give you a heart transplant because everything you think's out there is in here. It's not out there. It's in there. It's in me. And it's in you. And you know it. My son, I can see where your heart's drifting. I plead with you. Give me your heart. You see... We went through a really rough time, me and Fiona, once because of me. And I'll tell you why, my heart. Grumbling. Complaining. I mean, non-stop. It nearly killed us. <sighs> Nothing was ever right. Something got into me. Something got deep in my heart. And I got fed up. And when I got fed up, the enemy jumped on it. And for months and months and months, all my spiritual life, all my peace, all my joy, everything in me started to break down. All my walk with God, everything was wrong. And it was, it was a tough old time. The atmosphere I would bring, just sitting there, you know, you don't need to say anything, do you? Because you don't just talk with your words. You emanate, your, something emanates from your spirit. Seen anybody ever, have you ever seen anybody walks into a room and the whole room changes? I had a stepfather, and when he came home, whole atmosphere changed in the house. Everybody just went, Shh. The heart. Never mind, you can pray in tongues, you can pray in the spirit, you can lift your hands. I'm asking you this morning. How's your heart? Or are we full of dead men's bones? Offense comes to us all. And you need to get it out your heart as fast as you can. You must guard your heart. The Bible says, above all else. I'm going to get you to say this with me. Above all else. Above all. Above. That's some statement. Above all else. Because if the intruders get that, they've got your life, they've got your family, they've got your joy, they've got your marriage, 
they have got. These intruders will take everything from you. There are people sitting backslidden because they never move the intruders and God gives us a way to move them. God has given the power to move these things so they don't rob you of your joy of being in Christ and being free. And if any man in Christ is a new creature, these things will rob you. Do you know the greatest thing? I would tell, I'm going to be preaching soon and traveling, as you know. And I'm going to travel, God willing, around the country and around different parts of the world. Do you know what I'm going to tell the next generation? The greatest thing you can do in a world that is almost anti-Christ in a world where there's so much fault and against everything that's right, a world that's confused about itself, a world that's lost, I'm going to tell the next generation, over temptation, over sin, over things, everything, the best thing you can do is give him your heart. That's the victory over every sin. That'll make you think, this, that'll make you, you see, Joseph said, when nobody was looking, and a woman said, come to bed, he said, how can I do this against God? You see, she could have got his heart. He warned him not to go near this kind of woman. And Joseph said, man, I don't need a crowd. I don't care who's looking. Ah, God's got my heart. That's what gave him the power to run. That's what gave him the power to overcome. It wasn't 12 steps, two steps, or disciplined or fasting. He said, somebody else has my heart. And you're not getting it when nobody's looking. I'll do 12 years in prison, but you're not getting my heart. Because I'll be in prison with him rather than be lying in a bed with you and be miserable for the rest and lose everything I've got. No, my son, give me your heart. So I say to internet or the next generation or my church who I'm leaving and I've pastored, I say to you, if you want to be an overcomer, if you want to overcome all the pain and the suffering and demonic attacks and the lies of the enemy, the greatest thing the church can do, put down all the books how to overcome. I'm telling you today, the victory is in this one act. My son, give me your heart. And when sin comes at your door and nobody's looking, you do with Joseph. I can't. Somebody else already has my heart. And if he's got your heart, you'll be faithful to your wife. You'll be faithful to your church. You'll be faithful to each other. You won't be gossiping, backbiting, or trying to pull anybody down. you see the best in people when they're at their worst because you have a heart of Christ in you. And whose heart do you have? You don't have an old heart that's polished up. He said, no, I'm going to give you me. And if you've got me, you've got my heart. There's the transplant right there. I'll ask you again. Serious, this is serious business. How's your heart? People are sitting in the house today, 20 years away from God, raging. And because they done it, it affected the kids and it will affect the grandkids and four generations away, way down there because you never got the intruders out of your heart. Sacrifice and offering are not bribes. You can't bribe God with sacrifice and offering and good works to wink at your character defects. 
said, oh, sacrifice and offering I did not desire. What I desire is a broken and a contrite heart I will not despise. I'm drawn to that. I'm not drawn to your sacrifice and your work and all you're doing. I'm drawn to this kind of heart. And this Solomon said to Rehoboam, Rehoboam, you're drifting. I can see it. Give me your heart. And Ezekiel, I want to say this to you. It's, it's God's, God's interested in your character and your attitudes. He won't wink at them. They'll destroy you and rob you of a beautiful relationship. It's a request. It's about a relationship with the son. I think most people here, I'll be honest with you, I think most people sitting in front of me love Jesus. And let me say, I probably think all people sitting here really love him. I've no doubt about that, that you love him. But like me, when the light shines in your heart, have you ever said to God, God, how did you not show me this 20 years ago? Anybody ever done that? Do you know why? You'd, you'd have done a runner. You couldn't take it. That's why he said to Jacob, remember Jacob, I know we speak about it again, forgive me, but remember Jacob's heart. He said, I'm going to try and get a blessing by doing a shortcut. I'll glue some hair on my hands. I mean, you're nutcase. I mean, he's off his head. I mean, who does this stuff? Who glues hair on their hand and goes into their father? I mean, this is, J this is Jacob in the Bible. This is the Bible. And he went, is that you, Esau? And he went, aye. I mean, it sounds like Jacob, but let me see your hand. Oh, it's hairy. It must be him. Bless you. And he walked out to me like, I've got the blessing. And 20 years later, 20 years, it's as if God did, 20 years a lot of us, but to him, 20 years later, very first thing he asked him, what's your name? And this time, he's so broken, he says, Jacob. And God said, I can do something about that now. Now I can start to move in your life because you're honest. You're an honest man. You're broken. You're different. What's amazing about that is it says, Jacob, have I loved? Wow. While we were still sinners. Jacob, you're on the potter's wheel. Takes a long time, doesn't it? <laughs> this wheel. It says in Jeremiah, the, the clay was marred, but look where it was. It's in his hand. Stay with me. Don't go to sleep. <laughs> Ezekiel 36, 26. Just let me read it to you for quickness. I will give you a new heart and I will put a, a new spirit in you and I will take your heart of stone and I will give you a heart of flesh. See, it's, it's not just... Then, see, you're trying to repair your old one. You're trying to make the old one good. And God said, I'll tell you what, throw it away and give it to me and I'll give you a heart transplant. And I'll, I said, I'm going to, this, this is a different heart. I'll write my laws on it and you're going to start desiring me because your old heart didn't want me, but your new heart can't live without me. 
You're tired and you're lying in bed. Before you were a Christian, it doesn't matter if you got up at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, but you're lying there and you're getting convicted. And you think, leave me alone. But your heart's gone, no, I want to go to church. You've got a new heart in you, come on. I want to go and worship him. And you think, I'm not doing it. And there's a fight between the flesh and the brand new heart. You're not fighting with your old heart. You're fighting with your new one. And the new one says, just lie into 10. And, and your heart, and not only did he say, I'm going to give you a new heart. He said, I'm going to put my spirit Spirit in you. I'm going to give you power over your flesh. So you jump out your bed and tell the flesh, shut up. It's 10 o'clock. It's Sunday. I'm going to worship him who's changed my life and set me free and took all my guilt, regret, and pain. I've got a brand new heart. Don't tell me to lie in bed. Don't tell me when to pray. Don't tell me when to go up. Don't tell me when to eat. I'm a brand new creature. Don't tell me to sleep about and go to pubs like I used to do. Because somebody else has got my heart. Hallelujah. Oh, my church. Not my church. I'm just saying, if he was here. My church. My beloved. Who I shed my blood for. Who I died for. Give me your heart and you'll have everything you need. I'll put a new spirit in you. Oh, to say no to Jeff, to, when somebody tries to offend me now, it's not me just saying, well, God, get it off, get it off, get it off, get it off. Get it. I say, no, the Holy Spirit comes and he said, I'm your helper, I can help you with that. He said, I'll tell you what he did. Let's pray God blesses him. I go, so I come into alignment with the spirit because I can now because my heart is clean because the heart of God is my new heart. I've got his heart. So I line up with the Holy Spirit and I go, bless them. Let them prosper. Let them know your peace today. Let them know. No, it takes a few goals, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I may as well tell you. You know, no, no. I don't get up the next morning and say, thank God's that over. I'm, I'm, just about, I'm just about to go and I go, bless them in Jesus' name, amen. And then the fight starts again, so I'm fighting. But you see, I'm not controlled. I'm not controlled anymore. I have a choice that I never had before. I never had a choice to love. I never had a choice to hate. I never had a choice to take drugs or drink or do. But now I have a choice. There's a power in me. There's a grace in me that helps me to say no to everything that's ungodly. Because I love him, I want to say yes, bless them. I, yes, Lord, bless them. Bless them. Because the heart I have is a brand new heart. And I have a right new spirit. That when David committed adultery and killed a man, he, he didn't just say, God, forgive me. He said, God, create in me. See, what he was saying is, if you forgive me, that would be great. But if I've still got this old heart, it'll do it again. And he's pleading, take this out and create in me a new heart. Do you know why I've been faithful to Fiona? Because I was never faithful to anybody. Because he has my heart. I failed in other sins. Rent a gub. <laughs> if he's got your heart you're going to be different. You're going to act different. Let me tell you, you are not of this world. I'm nearly finished. I know it's warm. David said, creating me a clean heart. Ezekiel 36. 
27 says this, I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my ways and you will keep my commandments. He said, I'm not going to leave it to you. I'm going to get a new heart. I'm going to get a new spirit. And because you've got a new heart and a new spirit, you're going to desire to walk in my ways. I will make you. I'm not asking you. I'm going to make you. I'm going to make you. You're going to wake up the next day. The, the, the first thing that went for me when I got born again, everything was swearing, everything. Beep, beep, beep. Did you see it? Look at this. Beep, beep, weather. And the beep, beep, beep. I remember waking up the next day and not a swear word. I thought, what's happened? Oh, my goodness. What? I mean, I don't swear anymore. I don't believe it. I don't swear. I don't smoke. I mean, that was amazing. I mean, I loved cigarettes. Well, I liked them anyway. <laughs> well, if sin wasn't nice, you wouldn't be tempted. I used to smoke away. I loved getting up in the morning. Oh. In fact, for the first four, couple of weeks before I went to Teen Challenge, I'd be, I'd be reading Psalm 23. <laughs> this is wonderful. Be like that. <laughs> Tobacco all doing my Bible. But I had a heart. My heart was changing. Something was happening. And then I knew I didn't want to smoke. And you know what made me put down cigarettes and put down drink and put down drugs? It wasn't coming to church and joining a social club or trying to transform. Here's the principles. Here's what you need to do. I fell in love. He had my heart. Do you love me? Do. That's what you asked him, wasn't it? You see, he knew this. He said, Peter, do you love me? See, it's not your own strength, Peter, that's going to do it, and I'll die for you. He said, do you love me? If you love me, you'll do what Joseph done. You'll do what Daniel done. These men had a bigger heart. They loved God rather than bow down to this world. They'd rather die for love because he had their heart. They lived in a wicked and perverse generation, and they were clean men, because, not because of just discipline. That's important. Not because of just praying. That's important. But because he said, I have your heart. And they're the people that change the world. Little old you sitting out there and little old me. So we are. Just ordinary people with new hearts and a new spirit who love God. How will your life improve if you give them your heart? Philippians 4 7. I can't read them out for time, but it says in Philippians, I'll just paraphrase them. When you give them your heart, one of the things you're going to experience, and I think it's a beautiful thing when you're an adult, peace. When God's got your heart, you're at peace with yourself, and you're at peace with God. You're at peace with others. Give me your heart. Are you at peace? Could it be that he's not got your heart? Matthew 6, 21. Where your heart is, there your treasure lies. When you give them your heart, your priorities change. You're not just driven to get money anymore. You're not just driven for selfish ambition. You start serving others. And you find, the further I get away from myself and serve others, the freer I've become. You get set free from fear. That's a big one. A lot of people carry fears. John 14, 27. Peace I leave you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world will give you. I give, I give it to you. 
Let not your heart be troubled, neither be afraid. Anybody want ready fear today? Give them your heart. Anybody want peace? Give them your heart. Your, your heart can trust God's words. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And lean not on, but acknowledge him. Acknowledge him in all your ways, and he will... I've got one last scripture and then we're going to pray. I'm sure you've heard that before. <laughs> Second Chronicles twelve fourteen. You don't need to turn to it. Let me just read it to you. Second Chronicles. Oops. Twelve fourteen. I should have wrote all these out, but. 2 Chronicles 12, 14 says this. And he did evil because he did not prepare his heart to seek the Lord. The acts of Rehoboam. Rehoboam, the person that Solomon was speaking to. Rehoboam, that was his son. He took over from his father. And it says that he was evil. And he did not seek the Lord. And he took the whole of Israel down with him. In other words, I didn't want to end with this. I was thinking, will I end with this? But Rehoboam took over from his father and never took his father's advice. And his heart drifted. And it said he did not prepare his heart to seek the Lord. In other words, he finished bad when he could have finished good. And I'll tell you, that could happen to any one of us in this room. Be warned. And I mean that. You could do one act in your old age, one, one offense in your old age. And I'll tell you this, don't think God will overlook your attitude and your character because you've served him or you're in ministry because God's more interested in the heart than anything else. So as a pastor... I could easily finish with something strong and we're all blessed. I want to ask you as a church, I've, got, I've only got a couple of sermons left. I'm trying to tell you what will give you victory if you give them your heart. And sometimes you need to do it again and again and again. Not sacrifice. David in Psalm 51 a broken and a contrite heart you will not despise. And I finish with Revelation 3.20. This is a church in Revelation. And he says, he's not in this, we get it used for evangelism, but it's not for the world, it's for the church. I stand at the door and knock. If any man listens, me and the Father will come in and abide with him. What had happened? They got caught up in a social gospel they were a great church, doing great ministry. And God said, if you leave me outside that door, your heart's going to go bad. Weeds are going to grow. You'll end up devouring each other. Gossip will come back in. People, somebody will get offended very quickly. Something will happen very quickly. And he went...
And this is what he says. I stand at the door and knock. And then he says, I love you. Be careful in the last days, the days to come, what you give your heart to and who you give it to. I'll never forget a young girl coming into my office in one of the churches, and I won't say where. She says, I've met a guy. I mean, he was just not, he, he, he wasn't even a Christian. Not that that mattered. We don't judge people by that, but by character. But he was drinking, and she was brought up in church. They were so opposite. And I said, look, if you're asking me, you know, I can't stop you from choosing, but, you know, he's not a Christian. He's a drinker. He's, he's, he's taking drugs and she was brought up in church and I said, it, it might not end well for you. She went, but I love him. I said, well, I'm only, I wouldn't, I wouldn't butt in, but since you asked, I'm just telling you. If you give him your heart, it's going to get hurt. And it got wrecked. Uh, months later, it was like a different girl. She had given her heart to something. It captured her where your heart is is your treasure and where my heart is is him he is my treasure you're sons of God daughters of God it's not just son my daughter give me your heart Susan came up to me today and said I've got a word I'll just paraphrase it it's summer and somebody was wearing a heavy coat and on the outside, everything looked all right. But on the inside, you felt filthy. You felt dirty. You think if anybody knew what was in the inside of me. So you cover it up. And she says, God says this morning, I can clean all that. She never knew what I was speaking on. If you give me your heart, let's stand. Did we sing that song? Lord, I give you my heart. I give you. Let's get the worship team back. I know we weren't shouting this morning, but I wanted to say to you, I've not got many sermons to say to you, but I would say this is up there with one of the most important things. I want to ask you to guard your heart. And I don't want you to think of anybody else. I really don't. I want you to talk, I want you to, talk to you. Because I'll tell you one thing, when light gets in, it's not nice sometimes. Isaiah, the light got in. And they said, I'm undone. There's stuff in here. I'm a man of unclean lips. Know why? Light got in. And it says, light shines in the darkness, but men love darkness. So I would say to you, God, I'm not judging anybody. I'm not looking at anybody. I give you my heart. Shine the light on it. And start to deal with it. There's an anger problem here. Every time I'm under pressure, I kick off. You know what? You're, you're angry at your boss, and you go home, and you put your anger out on your wife. Your anger is going out to the wrong people. People who love you, you know what? There's people who love you and the enemy has got you thinking that they don't like you. You walk into church and somebody does a look or somebody does something, you think they don't like me. The devil starts playing games with your mind. Wouldn't it be great if he's got your heart, you'd say, God, bless them, love them. Even if they did think like that, I'm not like that. I pray you bless them. And you just keep that peace. Is it easy? Oh, no. No. No, it's not easy. No. No way is it easy. If you go into work, 
if you're a businessman or, or a businesswoman and you go into work with that kind of heart, your, your, whole, your whole atmosphere in your whole office will change because they're going to see a different heart. They're going to see wisdom coming from you that this world can't give them. You're going to be ahead of the game if you give them your heart. So we're going to sing this song before we go and then we're going to have coffee and teas and enjoy yourselves. I've preached a lot of sermons. I'm going to ask you to really, really, really think about that this week. Say, God, what's my heart like? And then allow me to come in and do an operation on you. And he will. He'll pour in the oil and the wine. If there's any unforgiveness, I know it's not easy, but just at least start off by saying, I give them to you. I let, I let it go. You start there. Feelings might come later. Lord, I give you my heart, I give you my soul, and I live for you alone. And I'm telling you, that's how you overcome. And that's how Joseph overcame. I've given my heart to somebody else. It's the most powerful thing in the world.